Hello, this is R.J. Deacon, reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Ramirez v. Collier, Executive Director, Texas Department of Criminal Justice, certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, argued November 9th, 2021, decided March 24th, 2022. A Texas jury sentenced John Ramirez to death after he brutally murdered Pablo Castro in 2004 on February 5th, 2021, after years of direct and collateral proceedings concerning Ramirez's conviction, sentence, and aspects of his execution, Texas informed Ramirez that his execution date would be September 8th, 2021. Ramirez then filed a prison grievance requesting that the state allow his longtime pastor to be present in the execution chamber, which Texas initially denied. Texas later changed course and amended its execution protocol to allow a prisoner's spiritual advisor to enter the execution chamber. On June 11, 2021, Ramirez filed another prison grievance asking that his pastor be permitted to lay hands on him and pray over him during his execution acts. Or, sorry, during his execution. X Ramirez's grievance explains are part of his faith. Texas denied Ramirez's request on July 2, 2021, stating that spiritual advisors are not allowed to touch an inmate in the execution chamber. Texas pointed to no provision of its execution protocol requiring this result, and the state had a history of allowing prison chaplains to engage in such activities during executions. Ramirez appealed within the prison system by filing a two-step grievance or sorry, a step two grievance, on July 8th, 2021. With less than a month until his execution date and no ruling on his step two grievance, Ramirez filed suit in federal district court on August 10th, 2021. <clears throat> Ramirez alleged that the refusal of prison officials to allow his pastor to lay hands on him in the execution chamber violated his rights under the Religious Land Use and Institutionalized Persons Act of 2000. R-L-U-I-P-A. In the First Amendment, Ramirez sought preliminary and permanent injunctive relief, barring state officials from ex executing him unless they granted the requested religious accommodation. On August 16, 2021, Ramirez's attorney inquired whether Ramirez's pastor would be allowed to pray audibly with him during the execution. After prison officials said no, Ramirez filed an amended complaint seeking an injunction that would allow his pastor to lay hands on him and pray with him during the execution. Ramirez also sought a stay of execution while the district court considered his claims. The district court denied the request, as did the Fifth Circuit. This court then stayed Ramirez's execution, granted certiorari, and heard the argument on an expedited basis. The uh, Supreme Court held a decision below is... reversed and remanded, and Chief Justice Roberts delivered the opinion of the court. Held. Ramirez is likely to succeed on his RLUIPA claim because Texas's restrictions on religious touch and audible prayer in the execution chamber burden religious exercise and are not the least restrictive means of furthering the state's compelling interests. 
The question before the court is whether Ramirez's execution without the requested participation of his pastor should be halted pending full consideration of his claims on a complete record. To obtain the relief Ramirez seeks, relief that the parties agree is properly characterized as a preliminary injunction, Ramirez must establish that he is likely to succeed on the merits, that he is likely to suffer irreparable harm in the absence of a preliminary relief, that the balance of equities tips in his favor, and that an injunction is the in the public interest. That's a Winter versus National Resources Defense Council. The court rejects the prison official's threshold contention that Ramirez cannot succeed on his claims because he failed to exhaust all available legal remedies before filing suit as mandated by the Prison Litigation Reform Act of 1995. It's a 42 U.S.C. 1997 little e, little a. In the context of Texas's grievance system, the court finds Ramirez properly exhausted administrative remedies. Ramirez tried, unsuccessfully, to resolve the issue informally with a prison chaplain. He then filed a step one grievance requesting that his pastor be allowed to lay hands on me and pray over me while I am being executed. Prison officials denied that grievance, and Ramirez timely appealed. His step two grievance reiterated the same request. Ramirez's grievances thus clearly stated that he wished to have his pastor touch him and pray with him during his execution. Respondents' various arguments to the contrary lack merit. Respondents maintain that Ramirez failed to exhaust Texas's grievance process because he filed suit six days before prison officials ruled on his Step 2 grievance. But any defect was arguably cleared by Ramirez's filing of an amended complaint the same day the state denied his Step 2 grievance. And the court need not definitively resolve the issue as respondents failed to raise it below. See uh, Cutter versus Wilkinson. While respondents correctly note that Ramirez's grievance did not explicitly request audible prayer in the execution chamber, the most natural understanding of Ramirez's request to permit his pastor to pray over him during the execution is one that conveys a request for audible prayer. Finally, the court rejects respondents' argument that Ramirez should have filed his grievance earlier. Ramirez filed the grievance that sparked this litigation just three days after he learned of the prohibition on religious touch, and the court finds his grievance timely. Turning to the merits of Ramirez's RLUIPA claim, RLUIPA provides that no government shall impose a substantial burden on the religious exercise of a person residing in or confined to an institution unless the government demonstrates that the burden imposed on that person is the least restrictive means of furthering a compelling government interest. It's a 42 U.S.C. section 2000 CC dash one little a. Uh, the plaintiff or a plaintiff bears the initial burden of proving that a prison policy implicates his religious exercise. That's Holt versus Hobbes. The prisoner's requested religious accommodation must be sincerely based on a religious belief and not some other motivation. The burden at the prisoner's the burden on the prisoner's religious exercise must also be substantial. Ramirez is likely to succeed in prov- 
proving that his religious requests are sincerely based on a religious belief. Both the laying on of hands and prayer are traditional forms of religious exercise, and Ramirez's pastor confirmed that prayer accompanied by touch is a significant part of their shared faith tradition. Neither the district court nor the Court of Appeals doubted that Ramirez had a sincere religious basis for his requests. Texas's argument to the contrary, which stems from a complaint Ramirez filed in 2020, in which he sought his pastor's presence and prayer in the chamber, but disclaimed any need for touch, does not outweigh ample evidence of the sincerity of Ramirez's beliefs. Respondents do not dispute that any burden their policy imposes on Ramirez's religious exercise is substantial. Given the current record, the state has not shown that it is likely to carry the burden of demonstrating that its refusal to accommodate Ramirez's religious exercise is the least restrictive means of furthering the government's compelling interests. Despite a historical tradition of clerical prayer at the time of a prisoner's execution that stretches back well before the founding and continues today, prison officials insist that a categorical ban on audible prayer is the least restrictive means of furthering two compelling governmental interests. First, they assert that the absolute silence is necessary to monitor the inmate's condition during the delicate process of lethal injection, without the potential interference of audible prayer. Respondents fail to show that a categorical ban on audible prayer is the least restrictive means of furthering this compelling interest, and they do not explain why other jurisdictions can accommodate audible prayer, but Texas cannot feasibly do so. Texas asked the court to defer to its execution chamber policy determinations, but RLUIPA requires more when a policy imposes a substantial burden on sincere religious exercise. Further, no basis for deference exists given the state's history of allowing prison chaplains to audibly pray with the condemned during executions. And second, prison officials say that if they allow spiritual advisors to pray aloud during executions, the opportunity could be exploited to make a statement to the witnesses or officials rather than in the in uh, rather than the inmate. Texas has a compelling interest in preventing disruptions of any sort and maintaining solemnity and decorum in the execution chamber. But the record here provides no indication that Ramirez's pastor would cause the sorts of disruptions that respondents fear. Conjecture alone fails to satisfy the sort of case-by-case analysis that RLUIPA requires. Uh, See again, Holt. Further, prison officials have less restrictive ways to handle any concerns. Ramirez is also likely to prevail on his claim that Texas's categorical ban on religious touch in the execution chamber is inconsistent with his rights under RLUIPA. Respondents point to three compelling governmental interests. It says the ban on touch furthers security in the execution chamber, preventing unnecessary suffering of the prisoner, and avoiding further emotional trauma to the victim's family members. But respondents fail to show that a categorical ban on touch is the least restrictive means of accomplishing any of these commendable goals. Indeed, Texas does nothing to rebut obvious alternatives, and its suggestion that Ramirez must 
identify other less restrictive means that would accomplish the government's interests gets RLUIPA's burden shifting backward. Texas may eventually face more problematic requests than those made by Ramirez here, but RLUIPA requires that courts consider only the particular claimant whose sincere exercise of religion is being substantially burdened. That's Holt again. Having found that Ramirez is likely to prevail on the merits of his RLUIPA claims, the court concludes other factors justify preliminary relief. See uh, Winter. Ramirez is likely to suffer irreparable harm absent injunctive relief because he will be unable to engage in protected religious exercise in the final moments of his life. This is a spiritual harm that compensation paid to his estate would not remedy. Additionally, the balance of equities and public interest tilt in Ramirez's favor. RLUIPA recognizes that prisoners like Ramirez have a strong interest in avoiding substantial burdens on their religious exercise. At the same time, both the state and the victims of crime have an important interest in the timely enforcement of a sentence. That's Hill versus McDonough. Because it is possible to accommodate Ramirez's sincere religious beliefs without delaying or impeding his execution, the court concludes the balance of equities and the public interest favor his tailored request for injunctive relief. The record does not support respondents' assertion that Ramirez has engaged in litigation misconduct that should preclude equitable relief here. Timely resolution of RLUIPA claims in the prisoner context could be facilitated if states were to adopt policies anticipating likely issues and streamline procedures for resolving requests. It should be the rare RLUIPA capital case that requires last-minute resort to the federal courts. The proper remedy in such a case is an injunction ordering the accommodation, not a stay of the execution. This approach balances the state's interest in carrying out capital sentences without delay and the prisoner's interest in religious exercise. Texas must decide, er, decide on remand here whether its interest lies as further proceedings defending its policies may delay carrying out Ramirez's sentence. If Texas reschedules Ramirez's execution and declines to permit audible prayer or religious touch, the district court should enter appropriate preliminary relief. The decision is reversed and remanded. Chief Justice Roberts delivered the opinion of the court in which Justices Breyer, Alito, Sotomayor, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Justice Sotomayor and Justice Kavanaugh filed concurring opinions. Justice Thomas filed a dissenting opinion. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, I can be reached at RhodesScholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S, like the truck driving roads, and the number 80. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can find a PayPal link in the show notes. Uh, could use the help. I'm just starting my public defender internship this summer, and of course it's unpaid. Um, beyond that, if uh, you want to get a hold of me any other way to pay, just drop me an email and I will figure something out. Thanks. Bye.